Good morning and welcome to Friday. Yes, we've made it once again. And what a week. I mean, you talk about uh, not knowing what's going to happen minute to minute, day to day. Uh, just in a crazy, crazy week. Uh, Joe Biden, the president elect. We got the lawsuits. Uh, still not sure who's going to be, but it looks more and more like it's going to be uh, Joe Biden. Uh, of course, then we had the news about the vaccine, right? It, it sounded wonderful. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. A, again, uh, a lot of things that left us scratching our head. You know, the CEO of Pfizer with the massive stock sale, uh, which just, if nothing else, just doesn't look very good. Uh, and then we find out, hey, this is a whole new thing here. I'm not an ex uh, medical expert, but uh, I know on 1360 KHNC, uh, guys like Steve Stars and our open forum guys, Alex Jones, they'll be talking more and more about uh, this new virus where they're uh, changing the instructions. Yeah, changing the instructions on uh, on our bodies, if you will, for lack of a better term, on our immune system. Uh, so we'll have to watch all of those things play out. You know, gold fell uh, on the on Monday on the antibody news, and the whole rest of the week it's kind of remembered. Oh wait a minute, it looks like Joe Biden's still going to be president. Uh, gold's up another twenty bucks this morning, uh, eighteen ninety five. Silver up another fifty cents. Uh, silver creeping back towards uh, that twenty five dollar level, and uh, got a lot of things to talk about today. So we're gonna. We're going to talk about silver a little bit today. Uh, as you know, and again, it's not that I don't like silver, but I just don't like it. Because, <laughs> well, I don't. It's heavy. It takes up room, you know. Uh, but, but again, I, I think silver, I know when you think about it, silver's had a great year. I mean, just a great year. I mean, earlier this year, silver fourteen, fifteen dollars. Now we're talking twenty-five. It's a fantastic year. But I think the, the silver is going to have an even better year uh, in 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 twenty twenty-one. So we'll talk a little bit about it. And again, I only don't like it. It's simple why I don't. Not because I don't think it's going to do well. Not because I think it's a bad investment. It's great to have. And and again, for the Hey, I'm smart enough to know I don't know what's going to happen. It's always good to have some silver. It's not like I don't have any, right? I, I do. Uh, but most of my holdings is in gold because it's it's just easier. It's portable. It's, it can all fit in my wife's purse. I mean, it, it, it's, it's convenient. But just in case, if this whole thing really, truly melts down, and, and you need barterable material, you're going to be glad you had that silver. Absolutely you are. I just, you know, uh, there's people out there. You know, it just happened, uh, you know, just this week. We had people buying $100,000 worth of silver. You know, you're, not, uh, you know, you're thinking about, you know, $100,000 worth of silver last year was, was uh, 420 pounds. This year, uh, it's only a, it's under it's about two hundred seventy five pounds. 
as as the price of silver goes up. But it's still it's just a lot. But but we'll talk. We're going to talk some silver. Uh, we we are we're going to talk about the news out of the EU today. Now remember, the new head of the ECB. She used to be. Right, she used to be uh, one of the big shot bankers of the world, and of course now is is the head of the uh, euro currency. And she just flat out laid it all out there for everybody. Electronic currency is coming, and the euro is going to be second. She's let it be known, uh, Christine Lagarde. Uh, let it be known that, that this is what's going to happen. Uh, the euro is absolutely going digital uh, behind the Chinese. Uh, get ready. The, the end of cash. And I, I've been telling you this for a while, much closer than I thought. Much closer than I thought. Uh, so we'll bring both of those shoes. So we'll talk a little silver. we got to talk about the digital currency and understand what that means. Uh, and then... Uh, uh, we'll talk about the FDIC. A lot of people, their banks are, oh, I don't know anything, this and that, uh, about the rule change. And this is really, and this is what I thought, too, for people that actually have money in the bank. For any of you that that the bank is managing some of your money, and, and this happens, uh, and some of you may not know what what that means, but uh, when you go into the bank and you've got 100 150, 200, 250, 300,000, 400, whatever, you know, you got big dollars in your bank. The bank pitches you. Oh, absolutely they do. And the rule change from the FDIC targets those accounts specifically. Uh, so we'll, we'll make a, uh, one more uh, pitch on that, and I'll give you where you can go and look it up yourself. Uh, because I think that's important uh, that you understand uh, that the FDIC, like I said, they change the rules whenever they want. The central banks uh, changing the rules on all the big banks uh, because they couldn't follow them. Because the, quite honestly, well, gosh, if we're going to, if we, we created these rules to make sure these banks wouldn't go and solve it, but then we found out the banks really can't do that, so we'll just change it back. That's why the digital currency is coming. The banks are going to be insolvent. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Patriot Radio News Hour on a Friday. How you doing? How you doing? So listen. Here here's what's happening. Right, we're in this debt laden world right now where the fiat bankers are in are stuck now because uh, the debt got out of control right if you go back to the 90s right and and the, the US debt was 5 trillion dollars which was still a lot of money now it's on its way to 28 trillion and and Sooner or later, here, right when this when they finally get a stimulus, right, we'll be over thirty trillion. And you think how quickly that happened? The Fed's balance sheet wasn't even a trillion dollars. Now we're going to be at eight. Christine Lagarde, and we should have known. 
You know, she was uh, the head of the IMF. You know, she had, she's a French woman. Uh, she's been uh, held various different government agencies within the French government, uh, then got placed uh, at the head of the IMF. And when she was done doing that, they made her head of the European Central Bank. And, and she was at a, a meeting in, in Germany. And she just flat out said, hey, we're going to create a digital currency. And she put a timetable on it. My hunch is that it will come, she said. And I'm like, hunch? Come on. I mean, you're the one in charge. Are we are you doing it or not? Right? I mean, so, but again, this is they they have to play the game. Well, you know, I, well, you know, we, we can't say it yet. Run. You have to have money in your bank. I have to have money in my bank. You don't need more than what you need. I'm just telling you. She said Thursday during a virtual panel, yes, another one of those Zoom meetings hosted by the European Central Bank itself. She went on to say, if it's cheaper, well, let's see. If it's digital, that means you don't have to print anything anymore, do you? You don't have to buy any metal, you know? And he's, you know, of course, it's all slag, the cheapest metal you can can find for coinage. Think about the paper. You don't have to buy that anymore. Faster. And remember, they love to use convenience as a reason for doing things that take away our liberties. And, of course, unfortunately for all of us, it's going to be disaster that eventually allows it to happen. Cheaper, faster. And then she said more secure, which is absolutely not true, but okay. They, they want us to believe it's more secure. You're right. I guess, I guess you're right. The little old lady walking down the street, if somebody steals her purse, right, there's no cash in it, right? <laughs> right, I guess, you know. If it's cheaper, faster, and more secure for users, then we should explore it. If it's going to contribute, and this was the big part of this, better monetary sovereignty and better autonomy for the euro area, I think we should explore it. Hmm. Huh. Better monetary sovereignty? Well, that sounds, that sounds really good. I mean, it's got the word better right in it. Better. Better monetary sovereignty. Sounds like, yes, protect our sovereignty. Oh, no. It's not what she meant. These people are very, very smart. They choose their words very, very carefully. 
What she really means is better monetary sovereignty for the central bank. Not for you. Not for me. Right? Better autonomy. Yes. See, just allows us to have better tools because we just can't get that stinking inflation. With a digital currency, rate hikes and rate cuts don't matter. Well, listen, they don't even work, right? Look at that. The whole world's been at zero or less than zero for a decade and a half. It doesn't work. Everything they told us about monetary policy is a pile of crap. All they can do is create bubbles. That's really all they can do. She said, and she put a timeline on it, two to four years. Two to four years. Man, I agree with that timeline. That's exactly what I've been saying. I thought I was hoping 2030, but now I'm like, well, probably 2025, right? Maybe a little short. Two to four. Depends how bad things get. Listen, the, wor- the faster they get worse, the faster this comes. But just know, now you know, Christine Lagarde, former head of the IMF, now the head of the European Central Bank, the crisis will be here in two to four years, and we're going we're gonna to fix it with this digital currency. And it says that it needs to address concerns over money laundering privacy. Oh, don't you just love it? Think about all the crazy rules they've put in place uh, for for people that want to uh, stay private and pay cash because, you know, you're a money launderer or a drug dealer and all that stuff. And they still, you know, throw all these terms. Listen, all they're concerned about, they want to make sure that, that uh, they can't get hacked, which I don't know that you can guarantee that ever. While this is faster than some of our peers, on the same panel, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said that the United States will carefully and thoughtfully review the issue, acting like, listen, what are you talking about, Jay? You guys have already told us you're working on it. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're thoughtfully reviewing it. They're doing a lot more than that. A lot more than that. We're not racing to be first, Lagarde said. Of course, well, you're not first. Isn't that funny how they all say the same thing? Jay Powell said that too. Oh, wait, no, it's, it's not about who's first after they've already lost the race, right? Hey, the, the race already was lost. We're moving ahead diligently, and we will be prudent. And and I and I'm sitting there and I'm I'm thinking about you know what what they mean by all of these things and the autonomy that they're seeking. It's not the autonomy for us; it's their autonomy. Here's the here's the the thing about digital currency. And by the way, 
if and I may I'll, I'll try to get to it, but I just want to let everyone know Ray Dalio issued an alert about whether or not Bitcoin survives um, because of the digital currencies and whatnot. Uh, be careful. That's all I'm going to say. Listen, I like Bitcoin. I love Bitcoin, actually. Love it. Because I love what it stands for. Hey, we want to have you to have complete autonomy and not be uh, held to the whims of these central bankers. What a great thought that is. I just don't believe there's a snowball's chance in hell they let it live after they go digital. That's just my thoughts. Right, and already uh, the autonomy part of Bitcoin has proven to be false. Governments are making major busts now seemingly every three to three to six months. Some other big ring gets busted and they're able to track them down. But having said that, I love the premise of it. The technology behind is what they're talking about. You know, when she says faster, they mean faster. You know, I'll, I'll liken it this way. Uh, you ever see that movie... Uh, Catch Me If You Can, I think it was, with uh, DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. And Leonardo DiCap DiCaprio uh, was uh, making fake checks, and he was pretending to be a pilot and a doctor and this and that and the other. And Tom Hanks was uh, running the money laundering department for the FBI. Everybody knew especially if you go back to like the 60s and the 70s, if you wrote a check, and let's just say, and got to remember, all the banks were regional back then. So if you lived in, in Colorado, but you were visiting family in Florida, as an example, and you wrote a check, it would take days to clear. That check would have to go all the way back to Colorado before it would clear. And as technology got better, uh, the float on checks became smaller. But you knew, even when I was uh, growing up, working, my, working my, my retail job, I knew I could write a check on Thursday. And by Friday morning, after my paycheck got deposited, that check would be good. In other words, when I wrote it on Thursday, I didn't have the money, but I knew on Friday morning I would without bouncing the check. Part of what makes the digital currency, I guess, faster is it takes that process and makes it instant. You know, think about... Credit cards. Remember the old credit card, the clacker machine? We call them the clacker. Remember, you'd pay with your credit card. They, they, they got the machine. The, the, it, it was just this, this, this I call it machine. It wasn't even a machine. This apparatus out, it, it was probably, the, you know, about 8, 10 inches long. They put the card in the middle, and then they took the carbon, right, and they, they clacked it, you know. And then they hand wrote in the dollar amount and all that. And, of course, now in the digital age, right, it, it's faster. If I run credit cards through my credit card machine here at Patriot, if I run credit cards today, 
It'll be in my bank tomorrow. Right? Online, when you order for me online, it takes two days. Because online, we have what they call a gateway. That gateway processor, it's a third-party processor, they hold it for a day. Then they turn it over to the bank. The bank holds it for a day, and then they give me my money. Well, the, the, the technology behind digital can make it all instant. And they can do billions of transactions a second. It's incredible and extremely dangerous. See, and this is why I said they love, we love to give up freedoms for convenience. And listen, banks love the thought of that. Wait, I can get my money now? Yeah. Sign me up for that, right? But at what cost? And now what's going to happen is very simple. Anybody, all your cash, you got two to four years, maybe five. We're all going to be turning it all in. And now the central bank is going to get whatever they think the inflation they need to get by devaluing the hell out of your money. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. When asked about the problems with big tech, you likely think about Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, and Google. But don't forget about the other titans of tech like Netflix. In reality, Netflix should be more of a concern because they combine the overbearing control of big tech with the cultural influence of Hollywood. Now that Netflix is teaming up with communist Chinese propagandists, it's far past time for us to speak up. For over a decade, the Chinese government has held more than a million of their own citizens captive in the Xinjiang province. The people, called Uyghurs, suffer tyrannical abuse in these massive prisons. They live in constant fear of being sent to so-called re-education camps. Women are forcibly sterilized and subjected to abortion. Prisoners are required to recite propaganda in order to receive food. Some of the lines they're required to say include... Religion is opium. Religion is bad. You must believe in the Communist Party. The world has proof of these terrible crimes. After all, you can't hide the genocidal incarceration of more than a million people. Yet some still choose to deny that the genocide is occurring. Such is the case with a Chinese author named Liu Xuxian, who adds to his genocide denial by serving as an apologist for China's evil one-child policy. And now Netflix is partnering with this genocide-denying author to adapt his best-selling trilogy called Three-Body Problem into a live-action series. No responsible American company should be promoting a genocide-denying communist. Netflix has a duty not only to American ideals of liberty, but also to the countless Uyghurs hurting and dying every day. If anything, Netflix should be making a documentary pointing out these abuses, not covering them up and promoting the abusers. Sadly, this is what we have come to expect from big tech and from Hollywood. They don't love liberty anymore. Just to sell a few more movie tickets or ads, they're willing to pander to a bully bent on stifling freedom forever. All hands are needed now if we're ever going to stop Chinese tyranny. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For 50 years, Mrs. Schlafly promoted grassroots efforts to rally conservatives. Today, you can harness the power of social media by going to phyllisschlafly.com and sharing these commentaries with friends across the country. Get started at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. This has to happen. Going to a digital currency has to happen. I mean, it doesn't matter digitally. We need a new currency because we've exhausted the ability of the old one. This is what happens to fiat money. It always goes to zero. Always. And it always goes to zero for the same reason. The bankers can't help themselves, and they produce debt. How are we doing so far? You know, we're one month into fiscal 2021. We just got the numbers yesterday for the budget deficit for the month of October. It totaled 200 and $37.7 billion. So let's just do some running. $238 billion, which, you know, simple napkin math says, well, times that by 12, you'd get $2.8 trillion of deficit. Of course, we don't have a stimulus package, right? We don't have any of those things. Uh, the, the number... There was a $14 billion decline in personal tax revenue, right? That's people out of work. Uh, the federal government uh, spent $521.8 billion in the month. Uh, that was up 37% from a year ago. Uh, like I said, revenues fell uh, by 3.2% to just $237.7 billion. And, of course, they're blaming COVID and all of those things for it. But don't worry. The CBO is only projecting a $1.8 trillion budget deficit so far. Of course, that math doesn't fly. We know that. But still, that's before stimulus. So if they pass a $1 trillion, $2 trillion, $3 trillion, Whatever that number is, uh, that is going to be added on to the number. By the way, this breaks all the records. Uh, this is the largest budget deficit in the month of October ever uh, by almost double. Uh, the previous record, 2009, right? That was all the budget. Think about all the records we shattered last year. Uh, so far here in 2021 fiscally, uh, we're off to the worst start ever, and it's going to keep getting this way. This is We are in the, the middle now of this huge debt bubble, and we see it ever. You see it in housing. You see it in the stock market. Uh, you're, you're seeing it in the price of gold and silver, and you're going to see a lot, lot more of it. A lot, lot more of it. 
And again, and now we're starting to see all these rule changes. Just think about the rule changes over the last few weeks. Remember, the central bank issued a couple of press releases a couple of weeks ago, even though they're on TV all the time. Not one of them talked about it on television. Jay Powell has a press conference every six weeks. Didn't even mention it. Didn't even bring it up. But let me refresh your memory. The first thing they did was they said, you know, we set up these rules for the big banks, you know, too big to fails. And we told you that, hey, we're going to make them safer because they're dangerous. Now, they don't use the word dangerous. I'm using the word dangerous because we have allowed them to become so massive and so intermingled that one goes, they all go, period. They didn't fix anything. They gave us window dressing to make you feel better. One of the big things they said was, hey, we're going to help the banks manage their debt. See, and this is what happens and why you need a new, a new currency, right? Because the debts are not manageable anymore. But they said, you know, we've got tier one and tier two and tier three. And see, the problem was that the banks had way too much tier two and tier three debt. Tier three is junk. Tier two is right above junk. Tier one, that's your better debt. That's the debt that, hey, even during a, a recession, a lot of that is going to be okay. Now, a lot of that may go to tier two, but it shouldn't go, you know, belly up. And that little press release a few weeks ago, the central bank said, yeah, we're going to get rid of that. We're going to allow for these big banks to carry a lot more bad debt. And the reason is simple. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. Hey, there's just not enough good debt to be had. Right? I know that we're covering up the problem here, but, you know, and I keep telling you about commercial real estate and all the, come on, you know, it can't have, I mean, there's 4 million people not paying their mortgage and haven't paid it since like April. And there was only one dissenter, right? There's only one of them. And the, 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 the woman that dissented, she wanted to do it. She just was like, well, I think that maybe you're letting them have too, you know, that's, you're giving them too much bad debt. I agree they should be, you know, forget the rules that we made to keep them safe. So how bad is it, right? How bad is it? You know, and then, and, then, and then you see the rule change from the FDIC, and just like I suspected, you've got money managed by your bank. You need to pay attention. 
because this is what this rule is about. If you go to FDIC.gov forward slash deposit, forward slash deposits, forward slash brokers, forward forward slash part dash 370 dash appendix dot html you'll find it and i do that on purpose they don't make this easy to find i'm going to read to you one last time and then i'm going to get off of it this is from a bank specifically about this new rule when we return 800 951 I'm going to give you the name of a bank. Thank you, Arlene. That I'm reading this from. Because I went out to the FDIC's webpage. And I did what this bank said to do. And I read what was written there. And I was like... No idea what they're saying. It's complicated. So this is from BMO Harris Bank. Okay? And that's not to scare anybody. By the way, I'm giving kudos to this bank because they let their depositors know very simply and very plainly. And I wanna I wanna rush through this here, but I wanna give you the Uh, Special provisions applicable here. They're calling this Section 11. If you have opened up an account on behalf of the beneficial uh, owners of the funds in the account, for an example, an agent, a nominee, a guardian, an executioner, a custodian, or in some other capacity for the benefit of others, the account may be eligible for pass-through deposit insurance from the FDIC. Okay, this is, in other words, hey, the bank is managing some of your money. Kind of, That's kind of what that means. Long way around there. And they're letting you know, hey, we got good news for you. And we may be able to get you a bunch of money because you give the good news first, right? This means the account could qualify for more than the standard maximum deposit insurance account. For such accounts, in order for us to comply with the Section 370.5-A of the FDIC rules and regulations, if the account has transactional features such as check writing capabilities and or the use of debit cards as defined in Section 370.2-I, or J, I'm sorry, J, yeah, Don't worry, the rules aren't that thick. Of the FDIC's rules and regulations, you must agree to provide a record of the interest of the beneficial owners in accordance with the FDIC requirements spelled out below. Following these procedures may minimize the delay that these beneficial owners may face when trying to access their FDIC insurance funds in the event of a bank failure. Section 370 of the FDIC's rules and regulations can be accessed on the FDIC's website, fdic.gov forward slash regulations slash law slash rules slash 2000 dash 9200 dot HTML. 
Right? Okay, now all that sounds wonderful. Now let me read you the rest of what they say. You agree to fully cooperate with us and the FDIC in connection with determining the insurance the insured status of funds and such accounts at any time. In the event that the bank fails and the FDIC has appointed its receiver, you agree to provide the FDIC with information described above in the required format within 24 hours of the bank failure for all accounts with transactional features, right? That's anything, hey, you got a debit card? You can write a check, right? These are transactional features. Uh, and any other accounts to which you need rapid access. What if you don't need rapid access? That's another thing I didn't bring up. As soon as the FDIC is appointed, a hold or a freeze may be placed on your account so the FDIC can, deduct, can conduct the deposit insurance determination. The hold or freeze will not be released until the FDIC obtains the information required to enable the FDIC to calculate the deposit insurance. You understand and agree that your failure to provide the required information to the FDIC may result in a delay in the receipt of insured funds by the beneficial owner and legal claims against you from the beneficial owner. This agreement survives after the FDIC is appointed as our receiver, and as a result, the FDIC shall be entitled to enforce the terms of this section. By keeping your account open after December 1st, 2020, you have agreed to this amendment. See, you didn't even have to sign anything. You're just in. And so, again, for those of you that have the bank managing your money, or a third party, even a third party through the bank, this applies to you. Here's the good news. You could get more, or you could get a whole lot less. Uh, but first, before we give you anything, we're gonna we're gonna take a look. We're gonna take a look at this rapid access that you may or may not need. So again, there you have it. Um, I wish I I could maybe if I'm smart enough, I can figure out a way to post this up on our website uh, because the bank explains it pretty clearly because I'd like to think that I'm a person that has at least average intelligence and I went to the FDIC site I did and I read all of it and then they had this this like graphic stuff I mean it was nuts and I was I couldn't even I didn't even really understand what they were trying to say so shout out to BMO Harris I'm gonna give him a shout out I wasn't gonna but now I want to Good for them. They let you know. 800-951-0592. When we get back, very quickly, we're going to talk about silver and where it's going to be headed and give you some opportunities. Don't touch that dial. 
Gold's up uh, $1,892. Silver's up about 50 cents here, $24.80 to the ounce. And speaking of silver demand, the U.S. Mint says 28 million ounces of Silver Eagle sold in 2020. And I'm laughing. I'm like, dude, we went six months without even getting any. Remember, at one point, you had to pay $10, $12 over spot to even get a Silver Eagle, 28 million ounces. Uh, and, and actually, you know, let's face it, they probably could have sold 60. But because of COVID restrictions, uh, according to all the mints around the world, the U.S. Mint, the Canadian Mint, the, the Perth Mint, I mean, everywhere, everybody, silver demand is skyrocketing uh, barring a, a shutdown, they're anticipating U.S. silver demand in 2021 could break an all-time record and exceed 50 million-plus ounces if the Mint, again, if the Mint can actually run at full capacity. They're actually back to minting in both West Point and the San Francisco Mint to try to meet up with demand. They still have to have their uh, social distancing and whatnot. So I don't know that we could get to 50 million with social distancing at the mints. Uh, but but uh, uh, Lombardi, the Lombardi report, he, he's, a, he's a silver expert. He follows this stuff. Uh, and he's saying that uh, he feels silver prices are extremely low based on demand in the coming months and quarters don't be surprised to see silver making a run to fifty. And again, I've been saying that all along. Three thousand dollar gold is about forty-five to fifty dollars silver, uh, and I think we're going to see both of those uh, next year. We've got some options on silver right now. Uh, U.S. Silver Eagles, the ones we just talked about, twenty-eight million ounces. Uh, we have those available today. Uh, they're at $620 a roll for U.S. Silver Eagles. I have AU Peace Dollars. AU Peace Dollars. Also $620 a roll. So AU Peace Dollars. Of course, the Peace Dollars, uh, 1922 to 1935. Of course, that was right after World War One when they thought uh, we were going to have peace, and then of course World War Two happened, so they stopped making them. Uh, these are almost uncirculated, really nice. We've handled these a few times, and they were they were really nice. AUP dollars at six hundred and twenty, and then AU Morgan dollars, and these are going to be pre nineteen twenty one. AU Morgan dollars pre-1921, $760 a roll. Last time we ran these, they were $400. So uh, $760 a roll out of the pre-1921. So AU Morgan dollars, $620. U.S. Silver Eagles, $620. AU pre-1921 Morgans, because essentially they made the Morgans uh, 1876 to 1904. And then they didn't mint any again until 1921, and they minted 
millions and millions of them in 1921. So the pre-21 Morgans, all 1904 or older. AU, these things are sharp looking. $760 a roll. That works out to about 38 bucks. So can now imagine silver at 50 and what these things would cost. 800 951 0592. The Patriot Trading Group. 